Welcome back to the XM Podcast. Here is your host, licensed mental health therapist, Matthew Kanabi. So I'm going to ask you to stick with me on today's topic. Not because I think our guest isn't great, interesting, and he's really funny, but many of us brush off this topic not as a big deal. I've wanted to cover this for a while, and today we just hit the surface of something that we all do, but many of us do poorly, sleep. Sleep hygiene is a real thing, and I think it's causing more distress in people's lives than we actually realize. To discuss this topic, please welcome to the show, Dr. Ryan Darrow. It's a privilege to chat with whomever is listening out there in cyberspace. <laughs> we have no idea. Whether it be next week or 10 years from now, That's or right. a thousand years from now, and open up a time capsule, and this is what uh, they put in it. Yeah. Um, so my, yeah, my name is Ryan, and uh, married 23 years. Uh, he's the best thing to know about me is I love Jesus, and uh, met Jesus when I was 15 years old after a life of wild living. And, really? Uh, <laughs> even, even at 15. Even at 15. I started early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good. Sneaking out of the house at 12 and doing all sorts of crazy things. But I met Jesus at 15, met my wife at 15. We've been married 23 years, been together 28. We have three boys. Wow, you got married young. 19, 17, 13. Yeah, they're just so wonderful. Been marriage and family therapist for quite a few years and was introduced to the world of therapy as a young pastor right out of Bible college with a degree in Bible. I was challenged by the lead pastor. Hey, I'm going to have you do all the counseling. And I was 22 years old and been married two years. And of course, I had all the skills necessary from my Bible degree in undergrad. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. went back to school and did a little further education and, and got a degree in counseling yeah. and then discovered, well, I want to be a therapist. So I had to go back and do a little bit even more. And so marriage, uh, master's in marriage and family therapy. And then from there, went out to Arizona. I was privileged to serve on a staff of a mega church. They decided one of their core values was emotional and mental health. And so they hired a full-time therapist on staff, paid a salary, and said, we just want you to care for the hearts of our people. And so wow. I did counseling 30, 35 hours a week and ran small groups. And, and uh, yeah, so from there, I uh, did some more schooling and, and a doctorate in counseling psychology and finished that while I was out there in Arizona and um, kind of was at a crossroads. Am I going to go academic full-time? I've been teaching college about 14 years now. Started out at Kansas State University as a TA years ago and really enjoyed that because preaching, for me, preaching and teaching are very extremely similar, sure. whether it be in the pulpit in a church or whether it be in the lectern at a college. And That's so I've right. been doing that for 14 years now and had multiple students over the years come to know Jesus through getting to know me and and uh, just seeing Christ in me and then being and had that process of discovery has been very beautiful over the years. And so That's awesome. I've been in the academic world for many years and uh, had the privilege to teach and even write some you know, in some college textbooks with Pearson Publications out of Boston. So it's been a, a unique journey and I've uh, been lead pastor now. I was going to say, we got to talk about where you're at now. Yeah, so 10 years, it's been 10 and a half years in Kansas City. Um, yeah, lead pastor of Overland Park First Sub God Church there in Kansas yeah. City. And Do you feel like you're still able to use a lot of the counseling stuff? Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. Now, I had a lot of common, a lot of commentary uh, mm-hmm. regarding that when I finished school. It was at that crossroads. I finished the doctoral program, and people said, you know, because I said I'm going to go. Now I'm not going to teach full time. I'm not going to go do you know therapy full time. I said I'm going to go uh, be a lead pastor. The Lord called me to the pulpit, and I'm going to be a lead pastor. And so many people say, oh, what a, oh, what a waste of time, and uh, all this education, and you're just going to pastor. And I just <laughs> laughed, and I was like, what do you what? know what pastoring is? <laughs> what a waste of time. 90, you know, all, all that education is down the tubes. I said, yeah. like, 95% of what I do is just just people, knowing people, knowing yeah. motivation, and 
and helping people. So. It's, it's funny you say that. Um, but two, I've never pastored. I've never been in the pulpit. I've done a ton of public speaking. You and I were talking on the way over to the podcast. You know I have a, a background right. in music. Mm-hmm. So I'm comfortable in being in front of people. Um, but pastoring, man, that's a different thing. I mean, I, I can speak. I know I can see the similarities. But if I didn't have the mental health background and then getting up there on a Sunday morning, I was like... What am I doing here? This is crazy. Like, <laughs> I remember the biggest thought I had was, how am I going to preach every <laughs> Sunday? I'm going to come up with an hour of something to say every Sunday for the next. And now that's how I, mean, I, I felt just... too. I prepared for like a month and a half for one Sunday. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how do these guys do it? So what I want to get into and talk about, and, and we can just kind of see where this conversation goes, but you and I kind of uh, struck a, a chord with each other because right. we have a similar passion, mm. um, and it's gonna. We're, I'm gonna say it, and people are gonna be like, "But sleep hygiene for sleep. <laughs> we have passion for sleep." Why do you think that this is something? Because it's not something that I think I've really broached on right. the podcast, right. but it's also something I'm extremely passionate about. You can ask my wife. Like, this is how my house goes. If we have community group or friends over on a Sunday night and I got to be at work on Monday and people want to hang out past like 10 o'clock I'm like hang out but I'm going to bed mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like but you live here I'm like you can stay as long as you like yeah. but but I, I have to I have to do that because I know my body doesn't work right. talk to me a little bit about sleep hygiene well, my wife's grandfather had a phrase he's a Swedish man he would say this phrase all the time. I'm just off the top of my head just now. He would say when people would stay like late in the evening, they'd be there at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. He'd look to his wife and he'd say, well, honey, we ought to go to bed so these people can leave. <laughs> we are a bootstraps culture, especially in America, our Western bootstraps culture. Pull yourself up, our bootstraps, work, 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 work hard until you're dead. Yeah. That's American ingenuity. But along with that comes um, an, an negation of not just our obligation to sleep. If you don't sleep, you'll die. And neurologists, you know, and all the research is out there. And yeah. there's been people that have tried to set world records and all sorts of stuff on sleep. And it's interesting. And, and when I talk about neuroanatomy and we talk about sleep and sleep uh, apnea, sleep quality, sleep this, even depression in yeah. adult women, that there's a correlation, variable correlation between depression and women whose husbands snore persistently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, snore at night. It's and Isn't you're that like, interesting? Wait, what? Like we don't think about stuff like right. that. Right. And she started looking into the research and all this stuff, and it comes up. I remember grad school. I was going through the list of all the classes for my marriage and family therapy program, and I was going, "Cool, yeah, that one's good. Cool, look at that one." And I got to this one on career and guidance counseling. I was like, "That look, that'll be a waste of time." <laughs> and I got to class that that you know that semester, and I had a class. And the guy who's leading his doctor something or other, and he gets up and he goes, how many honestly think this is going to be an absolute waste of time? 90% of us raised our hand. <laughs> and he goes, I, I completely concur with you. I totally thought the same thing. But how much of our week is consumed, especially in American culture, with work? He said, if you're going to be a therapist, this is going to have to be a lens through which you look at people. Yeah. And I thought, mm, you know, by the end of the semester, I was like, this is so valuable. And it's one of the things that I vet in therapy right up front. I'll ask people, you know, if they're of faith, often I'll ask them, what does Jesus say to you about this? What does the word say to you about this? Have you prayed about this? Of course. Yeah. I'll also ask about work a lot. Tell me about your work satisfaction, dissatisfaction. Tell me about, you know, yeah. that's just a lens. Sleep is so often overlooked yeah. when it comes to... Um, people's uh, mental and emotional health. Yeah. And I'll ask people about their sleep patterns. Tell me when you go to bed at night. Like, what? Yeah. That's, I'm that's here not to, why I came here. I hear, 
my little son Johnny's rotten. You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Could yeah. it be that he's on edge systemically? Look at the whole of the family. Could it be on? He's on edge. You're using him as the scapegoat because you are persistently grumpy because of why. You, you know. Yeah. Could it be depression? Yeah, and we'll vet through that. Could it be anxiety? Yeah, and we'll vet through that. Yeah. Could it be other areas in your life? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but is it perhaps insomnia? Yeah. I had a pastor that told me for years, he came in as a client, he came in. I said, well, tell me about your sleep pattern. And he said, uh, well, what, what do you mean? I said, well, tell me, you know, what time you go to bed, what time you get up? And he said, well, and he just kind of went through his nightly routine. He said, oh, nine, you know, nine o'clock at night or so. He goes, you know, I have gotten up every night for the last, uh, you know, he said at first, I, it's been about, about three o'clock in the morning. I wake up every night, about three o'clock in the morning. I said, really? He said, yeah, about between three and five every night. I'm awake every night three and five. I said, wow. And as the therapist, one of the questions we ask is persistence. How long has it been going on? Mm -hmm. Because one instance does not a pattern make, of course. So, you know, somebody says, well, it happened once. I heard voices. When? One time. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. right. Somebody, you know, says I've heard them persistently. That can be pathological. And so I ask him, how long has this been going on? And he goes, oh, oh, well, uh, let's see. And he's like, let's see, I was a youth (laughs) pastor here. He goes, oh, more than 20 years. Yeah. I said, well, do you think that's a problem? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think is, what's been the ramifications because of that? All that? Well, what have you done because of it? And it just started a conversation with him. Insomnia is so often overlooked. Sleep quality is so often overlooked. I'm not telling people they have to go out and buy a new king-size mattress from some fancy one or another, but it's something to consider, Yeah. right? Well, I think some of the things that I, I find very interesting is like working with clients and then... Uh, I'll ask their sleep patterns. That's usually something I'll ask in intake and, and talk to me about when you go to sleep. Do you stay asleep? When do you get up? And then we'll, we'll do a quick math problem. And over a seven-day period, if, um, they'll, we'll, we'll add it all up and they'll, I'll be like, um, you sleep about 35 hours a week. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, you need 56. We need to get into that. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, you're essentially almost losing two nights of sleep every week. And they're like, oh, I never thought about that. But we, we work till 11 o'clock, 12, because we push. We, you know, start doing uh, things at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning because we don't have enough time during the day and, you know, different things like that. But, like, just getting an understanding of, like, so many clients I go to and I'll say, on average, how much do you sleep at night? Probably, a, and they'll say this, a good five, six hours. I'm like, that's not good. It's not good at all. In fact, that's terrible. <laughs> and you so often hear the uh, the touted example of self, the self-aggrandizing statement. Well, I don't need that much sleep. Go, <laughs> really? God gave me this superhuman power. Like, I don't need to eat either. It's weird. <laughs> You've talked to your physician about that, I'm sure. And like, yeah. well, uh, no, no, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Because you're going to, uh, you know. Defy someone to find a physician or a neurologist or a sleep study person who will right. tell you, yeah, yeah, you're good on four hours for the rest of your life. It's just not how we're designed. Right. Well, and I think the big thing when it comes to mental health is it's those hours that we're sleeping is when the body restores itself. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is, is you're going through, let's just say the last year and a half, a higher level of stress, um, different anxieties than we've ever experienced before. And then we're going on five hours of sleep, and the body's not able to actually do the work to get you back to homeostasis. And that's a huge problem. And you think you're, you're doing yourself a service by going, look at all the work I'm getting done, and I'm only sleeping. But then all of a sudden, two months goes by, three months goes by, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, 
Why am I anxious all the time? Why do I have depression problems? Why do I have issues in my relationships? Yeah. Uh, any therapist worth their salt will love the any Christian therapist will love that scripture Romans 12 1 through 2, two that yeah. you know, there's no don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind yeah. and I'll often ask those who are of faith tell me about how you're renewing your mind how do you allow where do you give this space for the Lord to, you know, to renew your mind there's a powerful word throughout the Psalms that we often just skip right over. You'll read the beauty of the, of the lyric, the Psalm itself, and then skip right over the word. Although they'll say the word, you know, uh, you know, they read the scripture, then say the word, and then get on to the next section to say the word, and, the, and they don't even realize what they're saying. Yeah. Beautiful Hebrew, Hebrew word, selah, S-E-L-A-H, selah, which is put in there by the Psalm writer, and it's it's a call for reflection. It's a pause, and it literally means stop. Be still, pause, and reflect. Think about what was just said. In our fast-paced, I mean, drive-through American culture, bootstrapped, go, 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 go. Where are we to pause? Where are we? And it's almost like the Lord designed within each one of us this nightly routine, this pausing of our day, of our life. Be still and know that I am God. Even... There are um, studies that show the body moves with the sun as right. far as right. the chemical reaction that happens in the body. And what happens is the, the natural response to the sun going down in evening, there's a chemical response that goes off in the body that I believe God created on purpose. Absolutely. And then we've created devices. And what happens is the sun goes down and then we turn on all our devices and we watch TVs and, and have our computers and our body goes, wait a minute, I thought we were going to sleep. And we just hijack that entire system. Mm-hmm. And, and what we try to do then is we take medications or supplements to counteract the process that we already hijacked right. to do that, which then screws up our body even more. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is the sun starts to come up and we fight against it. Right. Because we want to wake up at noon. Yeah. <laughs> At least a lot of my teen clients. So if we're to cut our head in half and then cut your head again in half and then cut it right in the very, very middle. Well, first of all, if you did that, you'd be dead. But right. Don't do that. The <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll make the disclaimer as I often say in therapy. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm a, ther- I'm a therapist. I'm not a, a, a physician. So, you know, reference your physician. Go talk to your doctor about this. But there is a, a powerful, uh, this is called the superspasmatic nucleus. It's right in the middle of your brain. And it's that 24-hour circadian light-dark cycle. Your sleep, uh, your sleep patterns are on a light. Light yes. enters the eye, hits the supraspasmatic nucleus, and it shuts down the production of melatonin. Yes, that's right. Right. This yeah. is what you're referencing. Yeah. And uh, that melatonin, as it kind of seeps out of our system real quick, then we become aroused in the morning. We we'll wake up over a 90-minute period or so, and we get up, we're ready for the day, and we do so forth. Natural light, they say natural light is the most beautiful way to wake up. Right. So we, I, don't, we don't do that. We though. don't do it. We pull the shades. Everything's artificial. Yeah. We have lamps. We have lights. We have that. And Apple tried to you know, tackle it a few years ago when they did the whole... Um, <laughs> It you know, did, and uh, it probably helps. Light, green light. It probably helps on a level. But I think mm-hmm. in, in a whole, we can't be in denial of the fact that we're fighting against the right. natural processes that are already implemented that that um, so many people... I, I, like you and I talked yesterday, and it's like um, so many clients have been at least helped or assisted from their presenting concern just by regulating sleep yes. without getting into medications, without getting into uh, therapy, not, you know, just regulating sleep. Um, right. I, 
I want to have you and I are going to have this conversation again because I want to do a whole long podcast on this because um, I think we could probably parlay this into nutrition and then exercise and a little bit just like the disciplines of life that we get out of whack and we're like why don't I feel good anymore and you know why why am I so lethargic and <laughs> you know what I mean right is there is there any um, last uh, thoughts you would like to have um, in our time here and then we'll, we'll reconnect um, sure. uh, for sure yeah, journal family medicine said 33% so the Bible says no temptation is seized you except that which is common to man yeah. so we're kind of in this boat together we get it I don't want people to feel too isolated those that are struggling with you look around you about 33% of people around you deal with persistent and chronic pathological insomnia yeah. whether they be para insomnias difficult time getting to sleep or a difficult time waking up staying asleep and so forth but there's that insomnia as a general you know sense yeah. a general problem general pathological trait about 33% of people deal with it. Top five issues that, that uh, or variables that lead to insomnia, work dissatisfaction, stress, people lay in bed at all at night, thinking about tomorrow or thinking about that day, conflict at home, uh, financial concerns at home yep. and at work, uh, family stress, and I'm gonna say this last one a little bit hypocritically, <laughs> caffeine intake. <laughs> We talked about that yesterday. I told you about my one client. I mean, right. he came to me. He's like, dude, I can't sleep and all this stuff. And pots of coffee. he had like 20 pots of coffee. And we cut it down to like two. And he's like, man, my anxiety's lower. My marriage is better. Yeah. Dude, it's so good to talk to you. We're going to continue this Let's conversation. And the other thing, too, we, we need to hang out. I think you and I have a lot Let's of fun it. hanging out. Absolutely. Dude, Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Love it. Well, thank you, Ryan. Man, I really enjoyed hanging with him and discussing these truths about how our bodies uh, repair and rest. I have a feeling he and I will continue this conversation, among many other things, in the future. I think he and I could go back and forth all day long with our similar interests. But please take this topic into consideration. Take some inventory into your life around how you are allowing your body to recoup. And please uh, visit our social media outlets by searching Emerge Counseling Ministries. Well, until next time or when our Savior comes, God bless.